I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It is our second episode of the new year. So I hope your 2024 has been off to a gentle start. And if you feel like you need more gentleness in your life, I just invite you to ask yourself or just kind of consider this question, how you might be able to invite more gentleness and ease into your life right now. Because I think we can all start the new year, or not all of us, but I think there can be this tendency to start the new year off with a bang and all these goals and all this high energy and feeling like we need to be busy doing all of the things. And if we were to follow the seasons and allow our bodies to fall into rhythm with the seasons, this really isn't a natural time for us to be doing all of the things and being very high energy and setting all of these goals and making plans to reach all of these goals and that sort of thing. So if you're feeling like there's this pull to be more slow and gentle and easeful, that is very much aligned with the seasons. And so spend some time with that. See how you can welcome and invite more of that into your life if that feels right for you. I am definitely taking things slow and gentle and easy here. So if that feels good for you, just know that that is okay to do during this time. It's a very natural thing to do during this time of year. Um, with having said all of that, today's podcast episode, I'm honestly so excited to share this with you. I do have to let you know something before you actually go ahead and listen to this. So I was really sick the other week and my voice, like when I was recording this podcast with my friend Megan, my voice was still kind of weird and I was really stuffed up. So anyways, if I sound kind of weird and funky and yeah, if the audio is just not the best, <laughs> that is because I wasn't feeling my best when recording this, but I can promise you that this episode is a wonderful episode if you're into just listening to two good friends sit down and chat about books. I am a huge lover of reading fiction and in 2023 I actually read 90 books which was a personal best for myself. Um, I actually got really into reading 
about like 2022, I would say was the year that I really got into reading, but 2021, I started a virtual book club and that's kind of really where my fiction reading journey began. But anyways, I... In this episode today, I sit down with a good friend of mine who I met when I was going to university and her and I are still friends after all of these years and her and I just honestly love talking about books and I wanted to share some of our favorite book recommendations with you this year but there's just a lot of good chats within this episode too so If you are into reading at all, then enjoy this episode and I will be back next week with another episode. So thanks for being here this week. Megan, I am so excited to chat about books with you today. Like you and I text a lot about books, but it's been a really long time since we've actually sat on Zoom and recorded a podcast episode about books. Yeah, it's uh, bringing me back all the way to, what was it, the 2021 uh, book club Zoom meetings and stuff like that. And yeah, and even those like few podcast episodes that we did last year, they were really fun. And yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting about books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, happy 2024. So today we are going to be sharing about our favorite books of 2023. And just like you and I kind of like did like a brain dump about some things that we wanted to talk about today. So we have, you know, we're going to be talking about our favorite books of 2023, but we also have some other topics to cover too. And I thought instead of like diving right into our top 10 or top five books of 2023, what if we started with one of our topics and that's like kind of like how we grew as readers over the year and like maybe some of our biggest takeaways from 2023 like about ourselves through our reading journey I really like this topic because like I don't read to learn things right like I read fiction to like it's just one of my favorite things to do I'm not doing it for any intent other than pure enjoyment but it's so cool how you still learn stuff about yourself and it's still kind of like this journey that leads to like growth in some way or like self-discovery in some way so I think that's pretty cool yeah I totally agree and like I think when we only look at books based based on how much we've read in a year or what our absolute favorites are we're kind of doing a disservice to like the enjoyment of reading and the hobby and what everybody can take out of it right and I think that was maybe one of the takeaways and that was something that I thought about late in the year was you know how especially me and you are on book talk a lot and how a lot of it can be about consuming and stuff instead of about really enjoyment and I think this year I just kind of learned to like lean in and enjoy books and I think that's why I read so many more this year than I ever have right because in the past it was I only want to read what's popular or what everybody's talking about and this year I just kind of let myself explore new things and pick random stuff up and go based off vibes you know um 
I think that was probably my biggest change of the year. How about how about you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we have that in common. I just like even looking back over the years, like 2021 was really when I got more into reading, right? When I set that ambitious goal of reading one book a month, like that was big for me back in 2021. And back then I was reading all the popular books, not Mm -hmm. what I actually enjoyed. But I think Mm -hmm. that's what happens when you read more, you start to learn what you actually enjoy. And I think you and I have that in common this year that we weren't reading like what was popular necessarily, but kind of like being adventurous and picking up different things. So yeah, for myself, I discovered a couple different like new genres that I had never touched before, mm-hmm. but I actually really enjoy them. So I was always so I don't know if turned off is like the right way to describe it, but I was never interested in reading fantasy, like never, you know, and so many of my friends read fantasy like pretty much exclusively and I just was never drawn to it. And then I had surgery in April and I remember like having this book, sitting on my shelf that it was like on my TBR. Like I wanted to read it eventually because I had bought it and I just could not pick it up because it was dealing with kind of like relationship issues, financial issues. Like it was a really good book in the end. I read it like months and months afterwards, but after surgery, I was just kind of like, I cannot read any kind of real life stuff right now. I needed to just be in this magical world that I knew nothing about. And so that was really like my first, actually, that's a lie. I read fantasy before that, but this is when I really got into fantasy with like the Caravel series. And it was just this perfect magical world. And that's really, and then I was like on a fantasy like in a fantasy era for like months afterwards yeah you were at it for a while I got really like that's the thing about me though like you know I think both you and I identify as mood readers which like yeah and my thing is like I will get in such a mood for a specific genre and then I binge that in like genre for as long as that mood is there and then I need to just like hop to something else and then I'm usually there for a couple months and then you know find something different so yes I was in a fantasy era for several months yeah I don't know that I had necessarily a fantasy era this year but when I, I was trying to like figure out what all the like Akatar Sarah J. Mass hype was about and stuff like that. Um, one of my favorite book talkers had like brought up that the Throne of Glass series, which was Sarah J. Mass's first series, was like better than Akatar. And I was like, okay, well, I'll start with that one. So I got into that, I think, in January of last year. And then I read that entire series of eight books in less than three months. Like, I did not realize so- you started that. Yeah. In January last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like I 
burned through those books so fast and I think that was good because like it's it wasn't as popular a series um as her like newer her newer two uh so they were more readily available at my local library which was good um and I think that that's where I've always run into things with fantasy, like like you, where you're you just want to dig in for like a really long time. For me, that's my the danger zone with series is that like I I just don't want them to end, and I can't not finish them. Right? It's like I can't not finish a book. That's why I'm such a fast reader, and I get through things so quickly because I can't just like put down a story super easily. So when books inevitably like leave on a cliffhanger, I'm just like absolutely not I'm taking in the next book right away right like I need so, to devour this entire series yeah exactly yeah. so um I, I read so much in the first few months of the year just based on the, those books alone to be honest um and I don't regret a second of it I absolutely love fantasy um I won't pretend that like those books are like anything super literally literarily awesome or anything like that but they were definitely a fantastic story and I still think about it all the time I loved it you enjoyed it yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I love that yeah I and before when I said that I had gotten into fantasy in April through the Caravel series mm -hmm. I had actually gotten into fantasy in January of last year with like the ninth house series yeah, yeah. and I love that series so much. I know. I know you do. I love I, it. Uh, I, that was maybe one other takeaway for me is I read Night House 2. Um, when did I read that? I think it was in November. Not that long Not, ago. Yeah. No, it wasn't very long ago. And I did really enjoy it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think that I realized reading it that I really prefer my fantasy completely outside of the realm of reality. It was so hard for me to like put like... A fantasy world into place. a concrete place you know like yes, yes. and yeah. my thing like I am a sucker for dark academia or anything that takes place at a university or a college mm -hmm. or like a campus setting like I will read it I yeah, will read fair. it I just love yeah. it so much so yeah. yeah. So we both like had, like you said, you didn't necessarily have like a fantasy era, but we both kind of really enjoyed fantasy yeah. throughout 2023. Another genre that I got into that I really didn't know like what this genre was and how it was different than like a mystery thriller or whatever, but there's this like horror genre and mm -hmm. I was in a major book slump like everything I was picking up just was so mediocre and nothing was exciting me mm -hmm. and then I picked up this book called We Spread by Ian Reed. I knew nothing about what this book was about I went in totally blind and it was one of the weirdest books I've ever read and the entire time it was like this is so good but I kind of don't know what's happening either <laughs> but you were like sitting there with this really like unsettled feeling and then I realized that it was horror and I looked up the difference between a horror novel and like a thriller and I guess horror is like the feeling of fear without like the book actually being like bloody and gory and stuff like that whereas a thriller 
tends to have like murders and the blood and the gore in it. Right. So I realized this past year that I actually really love horror and not necessarily thriller all like I do like some thrillers but I like horror a lot more yeah I I kind of like that like like, unsettled feeling (laughs) yeah that feeling of suspense and like really what is going on right now yes as opposed to trying to figure out the mystery (laughs) yes I got so into horror and I read some really good ones so if you feel like like if anyone listening likes the feeling of being creeped out, but not actually reading about these horrific, like bloody, gory things. Like I read a Karen Slaughter book, I think, and mm-hmm. it was just so like, so disturbing, you know, yeah. like all this horrible stuff, like blood everywhere, da da da. And then the whole time I'm like, I'm not like enjoying this, you know, like it just seemed like too much. Whereas I feel like with horror, I'm like creeped out, but it's not like heads rolling, you know? Yeah. Well, I was looking through my books even just before we like started this on my story graph page. And the very first book that I read last year, and I don't know if you remember this was like a mystery, like thriller. Uh, It was called like local woman missing. And I just remember fin- I finished it very quickly and I just remember being like I shouldn't have started my year on this book because it was very much like there was like murder it had to do with like the abduction of a child and like a whole bunch of like other like st- like really heavy topics that were just kind of yucky and I was like I feel it just like left me with a weird feeling at the end but not in like a good way right because then it's just like these these like this crime stuff is dwelling on you whereas I think with like horror genres or even fantasy genres really right like you can separate yourself from those things because they're not real yes right? like yes yeah. exactly yeah no I do remember you reading that and even like texting me afterwards and just being like I just don't know what like I can't pick up anything really like yeah. heavy or dark at all because you were so like, I don't know, affected by that book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially when it deals with kids. Like, I think that really got you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I tried to read a book right afterwards that was like a similar topic. And I was just like, I have to DNF this. And I rarely DNF anything, right? So it was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, DNFing. We will talk about that later. Yes, we have to. (laughs) We have to talk about that later. But one other thing from 2023, and this was like growth for me. I Mm -hmm. would only ever like I had this thing I don't know why but I had this thing in my head that like the I would go on Goodreads before picking up a book and Goodreads if you're not familiar with Goodreads it's like this book rating system you know like it's an app and I would not read anything under a 3.8 which is so outrageous that's so high (laughs) I know but like in my head I was like team no bad books like right I was just like I'm just like I don't want to waste my time reading a bad book so I'm just gonna read anything over a 3.8 like if I'm interested in it and guess what there's a lot of really terrible books rate on Goodreads rated very close to five stars like you know I've read I read books that are rated like 4.7 on Goodreads and I've hated them so 
because it's like people on Goodreads rating these books don't have the same taste as me, right? And so my, I think my biggest growth piece from 2023 was actually reading low rated books. Like I think I've read, and I know this isn't low, but it's a low for Goodreads, right? Like Mm -hmm. you don't typically see a lot of books rated anything less than a three, right? On Goodreads, Mm -hmm. like on average, like the average rating of the book. So anyways, I've read some of my favorite books have been in the low threes. And that just like went to show me that I cannot look at a Goodreads rating and decide that I'm not going to read it just because the rating's low. You know, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever done that. Like, I'm sure that I've like, I've looked at ratings and been like, hmm, interesting. But um, I don't, I, I use Storygraph instead, which I think it's different than Goodreads in that it allows for like um, ratings in like decimals of 2.5 and stuff like that. So people have like a little bit more of like an like accurate like target of like how they thought a book was and stuff. So the ratings are a little bit different than in Goodreads. Um, but usually I look at, if I do look at the ratings of a book, I look like halfway through the book just to be like, hmm, I wonder how many other people were feeling such and such a way as I am. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. I'm glad that you found some good stuff though. Uh, like some of my favorites, which we yeah. will get to. But honestly, yeah. I think for me, that was my biggest thing. And I feel, I don't know, like it excites me more. Like I, it's, it's kind of cool picking up a book with this really low rating and then you just love it. And I feel yeah. like... Ooh, I have like different tastes than everyone else and it yeah. it feels good versus like just reading all these like really popular books all the time. Yeah. You know. No. I think like one thing that I kind of grew on this year is like I used to look at the length of books more so than the rating yes, and kind we need of to decide. talk about that. <laughs> yeah, and like ha- I would like almost feel like if it was a short book it couldn't count, right? Because like anybody can read something under 300 pages, right? Like but I read so many short books this year and so many of them were absolutely my favorite books. Like, so I, I'm so glad that like I've kind of, and it, I think last year I had the same kind of, I won't say epiphany, but like kind of change of mind over audiobooks as well, counting towards like read books um, and how like it doesn't kind of, it doesn't really matter how I'm consuming them as long as like I'm enjoying the story and stuff. So I think that that's, I I continue to evolve that way, right? Like I have, I don't have these lines drawn in my mind as much anymore about like what counts as good reading. And like such black and white thinking and yeah, yeah, the length of a book. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I resonate with that too. Like I just felt, yeah, like anything under 300 pages, it's like, what, why would I, you know, like that's not even a book or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just this year, so we won't talk about this really, but I just (laughs) finished a book that was 267 pages and Mm -hmm. it like blew my mind. Like one of the best books I've ever read, you know? Um, and it's a book, you know, like it doesn't have to be over 300 pages. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the Bible to be like (laughs) something that's like girthy and red, ready to be read, you know? Yes, exactly. So we've had a lot of growth over the past year. Do you, did you leave 2023 with any new favorite authors? Yes, I did. 100%. 
Um, so yeah, like on the topic of short stories, um, there's an Irish author, Claire Keegan. Yes, I read two wrote, of hers last year. Yeah. Okay, me too. So I read Foster and Small Things Like These. Are those Same. the two that you read as well? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And we didn't even I plan think, that, guys. <laughs> no. I think about both of those books on a regular basis. Like their characters are, the characters are so stuck in my heart. And neither of those books even hits 100 pages. Like they are very short stories, but like there's so much in them and the prose is so amazing. Um, and then the Japanese author, I might butcher her name and I apologize, uh, Sayaka Murata. I think you did a pretty good job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She wrote Earthlings and Convenience Store Woman. And those are super, super popular books. So I like won't pretend that I discovered anything here. But like they're very short novels. And again, I think about them all the time for very different reasons. Um, And then I'll also throw in Sarah J. Mass because, you know, there's a reason that she's massively popular. And it's because she, I think, writes very good characters that really resonate with people and has good world building. Um, And I can't fault her for writing possibly the biggest amount of chunk of my reading for the year. So yeah, I would say, yeah, you read a lot of (laughs) Sarah J. Mass. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have plans (laughs) to read more of her this coming year? Yeah, I won't lie. I've, I, I really like her Crescent City series, but without spoilers, it became very apparent at the end of the last book that I needed to read the Akhtar series before continuing on to her newest book, which comes out at the end of the month. So I'm working through Akhtar right now. Okay, you're still Um, working through that. I'm still working. I'm still working through that series. Okay. Yeah. So I read the I read the first book in it. And was like, this, frankly, is like the the worst of all of her books that I have read. Um, and then I was willing to leave it there. And I don't think I've told you the story. But um, on Boxing Day, I went to Indigo uh, Canadian Bookstore for anything. Yes, and Boxing Day is December yeah. 26th for anyone yes. that doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like I'm in the fantasy section and I was lo- I don't even remember what novel I was looking for. I think I was looking for the villainous series uh, by V. Schwab. Um, and I saw a girl there and she was like holding like a huge stack of books. And I don't even remember why, but we started talking. And I think we had like a 25 minute conversation about like our favorite books of the year and all the fantasy series that we like and gave each other recommendations. And I was very much like, I really hated Akatar. And she was like, trust me, you just have to finish it. Like, just finish it. She's like, you are not going to understand what's coming up in the Crescent City series if you do not finish that book. And I was like, oh, okay. So like, because of this random, lovely woman in Indigo, I have continued the series. So Nice. And I yeah. will be like, I love that you're loving all of her books, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to read them. And don't I think me. that's fair. <laughs> I would never hate you. <laughs> I didn't want to be into them. Remember when I started throwing a glass? I was like, "Ugh, look at me reading this popular YA fantasy series." And now I just, I, I need to, I need to be unapologetic about it. I just like it. And I'm <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you found something like we can like. Like here's the thing: like we can like popular books, and we can also hate really popular books. You know, and absolutely, I, like both can be true, and like. 
both are absolutely okay too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So that was cool to hear about some authors that stood out for you this year. I yeah, love what that. were what were your favorites? I know you got into this weird genre. So who are the weird authors? Okay, so the book that I mentioned before we spread that got me out of a huge book slump is Ian Reed, and he's actually Canadian. So nice. I love that. I read three of his novels last year. So we oh, spread. Wow. I'm thinking about ending things, or I'm thinking of ending things, and Foe. All three okay. of them are so unsettling especially I would say I'm thinking of ending things like that is a book that just like leaves you staring at the wall afterwards because like something happens at the end and you're like what the f just like it so crazy and it's on Netflix too so I want to watch it on Netflix yes it's a show like it's a movie oh yeah Hmm. So I really want to watch that. I've heard good things about like it. Apparently it does it justice and it's good to like read the book and then watch it because then you can start catching things. Right. Because like, you know, essentially what happened and then you watch the show and you're like, oh, okay, this is making more sense now. So anyways, Ian Reid, highly recommend his books if you like weird and kind of like that stare at the wall feeling afterwards. And then another Canadian author, which I was so pumped when I found out she was Canadian, Mona Awad. Like her books got really popular, like especially Bunny. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Bunny, like yeah, anyone listening. Bunny. Yeah, yeah. Bunny, I would say, is maybe her most popular one. Um, I really liked Bunny. It's very weird very strange so like if you're into weird books bunny is probably gonna be something you love my favorite of hers is called all's well and i recommend this book to anyone who like has had like chronic pain or chronic illness or like kind of what we call an invisible illness where you know you're having all of these symptoms maybe you have like chronic fatigue or whatever and there are these symptoms that people on the outside can't necessarily see um and they don't really understand what you're going through right so anyways this book is for all my girlies out there who have experienced that and just like a good weird book because basically the narrator in that book is experiencing chronic pain and no one in her life understands that and then things get really weird so I love that book so much and the audio was just like so well done so I love a well done audio book so good the narrator just like nailed it on like all her one-liners and stuff it's so good and then I also read Rouge as well and Rouge it didn't hit me like Bunny and All's Well did but it was still like a solid weird book but not my favorite but it gave you that like satisfying like I really like this author's writing feeling yeah absolutely yes so Mona Awad and Ian Reid some of my favorite new authors for sure nice yes love that yeah and Uh okay so moving on did you have any books 
throughout the year that you went into thinking that maybe at best they might be like mediocre books and then you ended up loving them so much? I feel like that was almost the theme of most of my reading in 2023. Interesting. Uh, (laughs) Okay. uh, Just because I was picking up so much random stuff, right? Like, especially if there was nothing on my shelf that was really interesting to me. I was just like looking at what was available on Libby or I discovered via TikTok, like the stuff your Kindle days or whatever. And I would just like choose a couple free books to download on those days right so one one of the books that I ended up really really liking this year was one of those random free downloads on stuff your kindle day it was called haven point and I thought it was going to be like a romance novel but it wasn't it was one of those like um different perspectives like family trauma growth kind of things but on like a like in a really beautiful setting that also kind of changes the story you know you know what I mean how like where something takes place really changes like how the characters act and like frames kind of this social construct that they're living within and I really loved it and it was a debut novel so I was like really excited about it because you know it's always nice to find a debut novel that really resonated with you that you can maybe um pick up again later if they continue writing so I really hope that I wrote like because it was a free book it it doesn't have many ratings to be honest it's one of those ones that not a lot of people I don't think know about or have picked up but I really hope that it gets some traction because I thought it was really good and it was Haven Um, Point Haven Point yeah um and then the other one was my by far my favorite book of the year and it was Hotline um by Dimitri Nasrallah a Canadian author I love Canadian literature so I mean I'm not I'm not super surprised um but again it was like a short book under 300 pages I just downloaded it because I was looking for something on my Kobo um I think that I had like just finished a book and I was like oh I just need something quick to read and it was available and I just downloaded it and I read it in two sittings but only because I started it at 8 p.m one day so it um, would have been one otherwise it would have been what you're one sitting yeah. if I had started it like at lunchtime you know um but it was just such a beautiful story um it's about like a woman who was who fled Lebanon uh during the war in the 80s with her son and settles in Montreal and about like some of the difficulties that she has navigating um, being a new immigrant to Canada at that time and everything and being a single mother. Um, And it was just, it was so beautifully written and the character was just like so genuine and lovable and like, you're just rooting for her the whole time. Um, And the author based it off of his own experience with his mother um, immigrating to Canada in similar circumstances. Like I kind of watched an interview that he did on YouTube after I read the book. And um, I ended up going out and buying the book like pretty much immediately after because I knew it was something that I wanted to keep on my bookshelf. So yeah, I really need to read like I would just hearing you describe it like I know I would like that book or even love it, you know? Yeah, that's my style. Yeah. 
Yeah. So both of those are just random like ones that I downloaded without looking into what they were, getting a recommendation from anybody. And they ended up being two of my favorite novels of the year. So, so crazy. Like I love how random books can, but like that's sometimes it, right? Like you don't go Mm -hmm. into it with like this big expectation or like all this hype surrounding it. Um, so two books I have like honestly a lot I I have my Goodreads app open that's what I was doing and looking through all the books that I read last year I was like wow there was actually a lot that I didn't think I would like that much and then I ended up loving them specifically Mm -hmm. two very popular books by Madeline Miller their Greek mythology book so good (laughs) yeah like I I've never read Greek mythology. I thought it was going to be like poking my eyes with like needles. Like I just, (laughs) I really thought I would be bored out of my mind reading these books, but you recommended them. So many people on book talk love them. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be adventurous, read something different. I like some of the, like her writings just out of this world excellent but like you could literally read a sentence and like cry because it's just so beautiful like I Mm -hmm. love these books so much so the song of Achilles and Circe absolutely incredible books um there is a book called my last innocent year that I just picked up randomly, kind of like what you were describing, just mm-hmm. like a very random book. I totally based it on the cover. It's just like a, it looks like a piece of art. Loved that book. I read I read it and thought about it for months afterwards. I still think about it, but it's like one of those campus novels that like deal with like Me Too stuff. Okay. So if you like reading about that, that would be one. And then here's the thing about me is I think I always <laughs> go into rom-coms thinking they're going to be extremely mediocre. And then I love them because I have yeah, that happens such to me. low expectations. Like I'm like, I, this will be entertaining, but it's going to be a snooze or whatever. Like I'm going to forget about it. No, I loved the X talk went into it thinking like it was just going to be whatever the x talk was so good um forget me not i really liked and the seven year slip i haven't read that i've heard good things about seven year slip it is and again i was like this is going to be so cheese so cringe I'm probably going to like (laughs) DNF it because I'm better at DNFing. Like you don't DNF typically, but I will DNF if I am so bored out of my mind. And I thought that's what it was going to be. And I loved it. Oh, okay. Last one. (laughs) There were a lot this year. You'll like that. I brought this one up though. My parents went to PEI. They brought me back a copy of Anne of Green Gables. I had never read Anne of Green Gables before. I really, like, obviously I knew what it, like, what she was and, like, kind of, you know, I knew. She's part of Canadian culture. Yeah, like, I knew that, right? But I didn't necessarily know what the book was about. 
And I was kind of just reading the book to please my parents because they were super thoughtful and brought me back like this 100th edition of the novel. So I'm like, okay, I'll read it. Ha ha ha. You know, I loved this book. It was it's like, like a good book. <laughs> it made me so happy. It was so wholesome. It like filled my heart. I want everyone to read that book. It's like if you yeah. feel if you feel kind of like down and bitter and not happy about like life or your situation or whatever, I feel like everyone just needs a little bit of Anne in their life. I 100% agree. And if we if we want to skip to the topic of books that pulled us out of book funks and slumps this year, please, yeah, like Anne of Green Gables, I won't lie, did that for me. Um, and I'll admit that like, I didn't DNF it, but I didn't finish reading it, but getting, coming off of like a really bad book and just like feeling really bad about like my reading, I think it was in October. I like jumped back into Anne for a little bit. And I think I read three quarters of the book before I like moving on to something else, but it just like really filled my cup uh, because that character holds such a special place in my heart. And it just kind of like, got me back into reading and ready to move on to something else that could be good you know it is like everyone go read Anne of Green Gables like it was so nourishing to my soul I'll say that we'll end there yeah I don't think this is oh no this is in our little note I was gonna Mm. say what because we just finished like talking about these books that we went into thinking that they were just going to be mediocre or not even good and then we loved them so what were some big disappointments for you oh my gosh um there's one book called marrying the ketchups that i was really excited about because so excited for this so excited about it because it was being pitched by like so many like um fellow book readers on social media that like I really respect and have like like a lot of I, I've loved a lot of their recommendations before and just like reading about it and it being about like a really complicated family dynamic and like which is like, like your favorite thing perspectives. Right? and that's yeah. like my absolutely my favorite thing in a book and I was really excited about it and it just kind of fell flat for me like it wasn't it wasn't bad yeah I would never say that it was a bad book yeah. yeah it wasn't a slog to get through or anything but it like it wasn't great like I didn't come away with anything I don't feel like I learned anything or that the characters really like attached to me in any way so that was probably like my biggest like disappointment in that I was like really excited for it um the book that put me in a book slump this year was small town big magic or big town small yeah small town big magic I don't even remember the name it's supposed to be a series I will never continue it which is saying something because I love a series it was just the most awful book um and then uh spare the memoir by prince harry i don't know why i even had any expectations for it but it was just you reading it was just like it was so hyped and i couldn't not read it and i i got the audiobook i don't know why i decided to get the audiobook i probably just had an audiobook he read it? it yeah it's in his voice okay he reads it um and it was just it was like i don't know it was like the reports that like I'm sure you've heard audio from and everything because like they went kind of viral that are just like TMI and I'm like why is, I have why did I you write have this? not read 
And like, I don't know anything about the book. Yeah. So it was just like, it was just kind of awkward. I was like, all right, go off Prince. Um, I don't know. It was fine. It was fine. It just absolutely did not deserve the amount of hype that it got. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like that's yeah. kind of the theme with like my disappointments of the year is yeah. three that were just, well, first of all, I'm an Emily Henry fan. Like I yeah. really like Emily Henry, especially um, Beach Read. That was my favorite one. Um, also really enjoy People We Meet on Vacation. Book Lovers was also really good. But um, then she released Happy Place and so many people love Happy Place. And I just like was so bored. It yeah. did not like I can't even tell you what happened. Like I I mean, I remember but I don't think about the book is what I'm telling yeah. you. No. And I, I completely agree with your review on that. <laughs> that was a disappointment. Like it I was. think that was like tippity top biggest disappointment of the year. The other two that I have written down here, Cleopatra and Frankenstein and alone with you in the ether. These ones are just so hyped up on book talk and the cover of one of them is like really, really nice. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone loves these books. So I'm going to read these books. And I realized like both of these books um, are often like, you know, when people are like, if you like this book, read this book. Yeah. Right? People. So I, some of my favorite books of all time are all three of Sally Rooney's books right? Mm -hmm. Normal people, conversations with friends and beautiful world. Where are you now? A lot of people say if like, if you like this book and it's a Sally Rooney book, they say you'll like Cleopatra and Frankenstein or alone with you in the ether. So I'm like, oh my gosh, these are probably going to be like my next favorite books. No, no, they like, they don't even compare to a Sally Rooney book. Like have you read Sally Rooney books? Like all I've read um Beautiful World, Where Are You? Um I have but that's the only one I've read by her. I love her books and they're like they're lit thick, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're character driven and anyways, I just feel like I another thing I learned about myself in 2023 was I don't like reading about like toxic relationships just for the sake of reading about toxic relationships you know what I mean <laughs> like fair. yeah like the writing's not beautiful I'm just sitting there reading about this couple that has these huge issues and mm -hmm. I don't find that enjoyable yeah fair enough I could almost see why people would say that that would be related to a Sally Rooney book though <laughs> yeah but like I think that like to me there's like more substance to her books yeah. than just That's like fair. all this toxicity do you know what I mean yeah yeah for sure because you can't just like look at it topic for topic it also has to be like a feel and a type of writing almost there is a vibe yeah. with Sally yeah. Rooney and these books did not have it so no I fully I fully understand that yeah they were they were not good mm -hmm. <laughs> overhyped on book talk overhyped that's fair we'll just say that um <laughs> Did you go through, I mean, you kind of mentioned this. So you had a couple book slumps, funks this year. 
Yeah, I did. And it was funny because like before we started recording, I went back on Storygraph just to look at like my like my amount of books read in a month. And the month of June was actually like the slowest month for me. Like I only finished two books in June. Um, but my biggest slump I felt was like in October and it was because of that one terrible book that I read. Um, after that, I was like having like a, it took me over two weeks to read it, which is unheard of for me. Um, and then after that, I just like, didn't want to pick anything up, but what increased my number of books read was that I had read like, like finished like three audiobooks as well at that time. Cause I listened to audiobooks at the gym and in the car and stuff. Right. So because of that, my book count went up, but I would say that that was my slumpiest month. Cause I was like, not enjoying myself it, at all. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to talk about maybe like book funk slumps is I thought it, it's important to like normalize that yeah. even though you and I like read all these books by the end of the year, like we go through these slumps where we're like picking stuff up and nothing sounds good or nothing like we're reading it. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm not into this. Or we just simply don't want to read a book. Like we're just yeah. in a funk. So thought that was important because I know a lot of people listening to this podcast episode, they like want to get more into reading and, mm -hmm. um, just want to normalize like the funks or the slumps that we go through because I finished the year with 90 books and in March and in June, I read a whopping total of one book for both of those yeah. months. And so, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's like unheard of for me. Like it is January 7th and I'm almost done three books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, I'm almost done four. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, those were really slumpy months for me. And yeah. it's funny, like what puts you in a book slump is either a really bad book it's like it leaves you with this horrible taste in your mouth and it's hard to pick something up after that or a really really good book that yeah. you're like in book hangover from and you're yeah. just like I can't even pick up another book because this was so incredible you know it's funny yeah. how it's like one or the other usually usually yeah but like even I, I'm just thinking back in in June I think that's when I started my rewatch of Gilmore Girls which I do almost every year. And it's just like, at that time, I just didn't want to read. I just wanted to spend more of my free time just like binge watching a TV show, right? Or like in July, uh, my boyfriend and I rented a cottage for a week. And like, I did read, I think, two books during that week. But we spent the majority of our time, if we weren't on the lake, like playing Pokemon on our switches right so like sometimes you just sometimes you just want to do other things that's totally normal and okay yes we're normalizing that here for sure so um what else do you like favorite do you have a favorite reading moment of the year oh no I might have been the one that put that down and then thought you of something did and then promptly <laughs> forgot um what was my favorite reading moment of the year? Honestly, I don't know if I had one in particular. I think maybe when I saw how, that I read 
as many books as I finished in 2022 by like less than the halfway point of 2023. I was like, damn, like that, that feel that felt really good just from like a, like, I, I didn't even set a reading goal, but it was just like kind of cool to like see myself like enjoying books that much. Um, and then I guess kind of going back to talking about like fantasy and stuff like that, I really enjoyed getting back into fantasy worlds this year because that was something that like brought me a lot of joy when I was like a young teenager and stuff like that so I don't know just like experiencing a lot of reading joy like I love that so much um so we went through our entire list aside from favorite books of (laughs) the past year yeah do you want to share should we do like top five top ten what do you think Oh man, it's hard because I don't rate my books. So, so like I I have general favorites, but like I I I find it like almost impossible to give my books rankings because it changes so much, right? Like I might give something like three stars after I read it, and then I go back and I'm like, why would I have given this three stars? Because I think about this book every single day. Totally, yeah. You know, or like so, you gave something. This often happens to me. Like I give something like four stars and I hadn't thought about it since so yeah, I changed it no, to like exactly. three stars or whatever yeah. yeah I'd say that like and like I think I put this on my Instagram but like the there was two books that I read this year that I would just say everybody has to read like if I had to recommend two of the books that I read last year to everybody it would be Hotline which is the one that I brought up earlier um and then True Biz by Sarah Novak um I th- I think I I realized that I I would like True Biz because it is quite popular, um, but I don't think I realized like how fantastic of a book it is and um, how much I learned from it as well. It's kind of about like the deaf community, um, and I don't I don't think I ever really realized like how nuanced um, things in that world are, um, and it's like kind of it touches on social justice and it touches on you know history and like a whole bunch of other stuff and I just thought it was like it's such an important book but it's also so well done like it's not one of those books where like oh yeah you'll learn something but it'll be very hard to read it was like a really good novel so um and it's it fiction right yeah it's fiction like I have yeah. it from the library right now so I do plan on reading to it. read it but nice. I do have it from the library right now so I like that like kind of these two books from last year rather than giving our top five or whatever two books from the last year that you think everyone should read yeah so those will be the two that I think everyone should read and then I kind of like have a whole bunch that like I would recommend to people if they wanted to read like a certain kind of book right so you you gave your weird books my weird books are definitely earthlings like no book has ever made me say WTF more than that book I had no idea what I was getting into and it just continued to surprise me the whole way through. Um, it's very disturbing, though, like on many levels, both real and imagined. Um, so it's something that if that's not something that you can handle or something that you're not sure if you can handle, that's something that you definitely want to look up content warnings for. Um, and my, have you read my year of uh, rest and relaxation? No, but I need to. It's so strange. Like, there's like why I need to read it. There's like nothing about the character that is redeemable, but I could not stop reading. Like, I need it. I, I need it in my life. I, I 
I loved that one. Um, yeah. And then I have a whole bunch of others, but tell me some of yours. Okay. Well, I, I do get great satisfaction out of ranking things. Yeah, I know you do. So (laughs) I have a top five. If we just like, I can just share my top five and there's kind of like a good mix of genres for people too. So my tippity top favorite book of the entire year was a book that I have already mentioned and that's All's Well by Mona Wad. That's the book like the main character has chronic pain and she's like so sarcastic. I love the main character so much. So anyways, All's Well hands down my favorite book a very close second is my husband by Maud Ventura yeah again weird fiction um but it is so good it's like this wife that is absolutely obsessed with her husband and that does not like that description does not appeal to me whatsoever but (laughs) my favorite book talker this was her favorite book of 2023. So I was like, like, she wouldn't shut up about this book. So I'm like, I'm going to read this book. It was my second favorite. And it's just so good if you like weird, but everything this woman does is because of her love for her husband. It is so weird. Like she, the main character is like described as like unhinged. So sounds like it. (laughs) It's such a good book. Um, Okay, I guess my top three reads all fall within like horror, weird fiction. I love this for you. (laughs) The third one is We Spread. Again, I mentioned this one before, Ian Reid. But um, basically, it's about this elderly woman who's being put into a long-term care facility. And she thinks weird stuff is happening. And basically like while you're reading it you don't know if the weird stuff is actually happening or if it's this elderly woman thinking this weird stuff is happening so it is so good absolutely like three books I plan to reread 100% like they're so good and then the fourth one is not a weird book but it is for anyone who's into dark academia which I very much am it is called if we were villains by ml rio and there's if you also like shakespeare there's like a shakespeare element into it like it is so good the writing's absolutely incredible i read it like if you want to read this book i highly recommend waiting until october I plan to read this book every October. It is going to be like my yearly October read. It is so good. It's like your comfort read for that time yes, of year. Yes, exactly. Nice. Such a comfort read, even though I mean like it's disturbing too. Like there's some yeah. dark shit that happens, you know? <laughs> and then I'm surprised this is like my fifth one. I did really like it, but like, I mean like I loved it. But I'm like, hmm, I put that in fifth space, like place. So it's Ravel. Um, So this Mm -hmm. is like for our fantasy readers. Um, I loved this book so much. And I'm, (laughs) this is another place where you and I differ a lot, but I like am (laughs) with series. Like if I read book one of a series, I 
like I'm not bothered if I don't read the rest of the series like I have to I can't even imagine (laughs) I know (laughs) I just don't know how to do like for an example I know we both read fourth wing this year yeah fourth wing was probably like the most buzzed about book of 2023 oh definitely it was yeah we both read it you read the second book yeah as well and I'm just like yeah like I mean fourth wing was fine and I very much don't care what happens next like I could not be bothered (laughs) you know what I mean and like that's So anyways, this is cool because it is a standalone fantasy and it satisfied my itch for something similar to Caravelle, like where it was very magical and kind of like carnival type vibes. You know what I mean? It's based off of or it's inspired by Moulin Rouge. So it's like a really good fantasy. So I kind of like take back what I said about why is it in fifth spot? But I guess I said that because I read so many good books in 2023. Like I read a total of 90 books and I gave 34 of them five stars. And I went through the list to make sure that all of those actually deserved five stars and they absolutely do. So, you know, You're just like really good at picking good books. I read a lot of good books in 2023. (laughs) Let me tell you that. So those are mine. Nice. Did you read any nonfiction this year? I did. I read. So I just, I just dawned on me that other than me ragging on Prince Harry, we have not brought up like any memoirs or nonfiction. Well, let me tell you. I mean, I read, so I read a book for like, work and my studies called no bad parts about internal family systems so it's I mean it's amazing but like if you're not doing what I do you're probably not going to read this book you know um or if you don't want to read about like trauma healing you're probably not going to read this book but hands down recommend it for sure um I did read two memoirs, like kind of memoir type things, mm-hmm. a very punchable face by Colin Yost from that SNL. Sounds amazing. <laughs> it made me cry. Books don't usually make me cry. It made mm-hmm. me cry. And it made me laugh out loud within like the first 30 seconds. So I do recommend that one. Really like it if you like listening to memoirs and he narrates it on audio. So that was a good one. And your book by Seth Rogen. And yeah, you didn't love that one, did you? It was like, I love Seth Rogen. He's Canadian. I love him. I love all his movies. I find them super funny. And I was kind of bored by his. That's fair. Unfortunately, I thought it was (laughs) going to be really funny, but it was just like. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. What about you? Was that it? Uh, I I read three memoirs and one nonfiction, I think. Uh, so I read Know My Name by Chanel Miller. Yeah. Uh, they said this would be fun by Eternity Martis. And those are probably the two best ones. And then I read one called Wine Girl. Um, and it's a memoir of like the... Um, 
youngest uh, female sommelier in the United States. Oh. I think she earned like her master sommelier uh, designation at the age of 21, which is legal drinking age in the U.S. Um, that was really good because I really like the wine world, but that one just made me want to go back and read my favorite uh, nonfiction book ever, Cork Dork, again. So I think that'll be on my reread list for this year. Very And cool. then uh, last January, I read Empire of Pain, which is a really big book and a really dark book, but it was really, really good. It was one of my favorites this year. So um, I don't read a lot of nonfiction, but that one was definitely worth reading and I'm glad I read it. Did you physically yeah. read that one or did you listen to it? Um, I read it on my Kobo. Okay. So kind okay. of physical. Yeah. You did. Um, cause yeah, I think read, read it because it yeah. is done on audio and okay, I know cool. you loved it so much. So I was like, I have an easier time with nonfiction on audio, Fair. you know? Yeah. Um, but can you tell everyone what Empire of Pain is kind of about? Because I know you loved that book so much and it piqued my interest, but yeah, <laughs> I haven't read it yet. Uh, it's kind of about the opioid crisis, but it focuses more on uh, the Sackler family who own um, basically the pharmaceutical company uh, that created oxycodone um, and their background and how that family dynamic and that family success really contributed to um, the opioid crisis in America. And obviously it's very poignant across the world. We have a big crisis in Canada as well. So um, it, it focuses more so on the family history than the history of the crisis, but they're very intertwined. Um, and I just thought that it was like super, super well done. I, lot of, I learned a lot about like pharmaceutical like advertisements and you know like that whole world and the influence that it can have and it was just it was very interesting um and the Sackler family is like a big inspiration for like a lot of tv shows and stuff now too so it's like really funny to be able to like pick up and be like yeah I remember that or I know exactly what they're trying to say here and stuff like that so I think it was very very well done and I think like the last 200 pages of the book, I didn't read them. It's literally just the, it was an investigative journalist who wrote the book and it's just all of his source information. So he's like, here you go. Like, it's all true. Like, here's all of the, here's all my tea. So, um, yeah. So I it was, might it was challenge myself to, cause like that really interests me. Um, I think it would mm-hmm. just be like something good to know. And I don't know, I think it would be yeah. like, quite fascinating so maybe I'll challenge myself like I really like to listen to it on audio I would yeah it's it's definitely one of those books where like I said I like to like recommend based on categories because like if I recommended that to like any person like it's not going to appeal to most people right but right. Like, it will appeal to like, some I people get into reading <laughs> you're not gonna my that. favorite <laughs> author is Colleen Hoover what should I read next probably not Empire of Pain um <laughs> You know what I mean? But um, yeah, so I did really enjoy it though. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we kind of did a really good wrap up from 2023. I'm wondering if you have any bookish goals or intentions for 2024 now that we are a week in. It is January 7th that we're recording this. And I thought it like, I mean, you said you're like four books in 
Like you've read, like, yeah, and I'm almost yeah. three. And yeah. so we're doing like pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're like in a book groove right now. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, do you have any intentions at all or like goals at all for the year? I don't have any specific bookish goals. Um, I'd like to continue to use my library as much as possible. I absolutely love our public library and think that should be where we find the majority of our book support. Um, But I have because I've been so into my library this year, I have accumulated a lot of physical books that I have not read. Uh, so I'd really like to tackle my physical TBR um, this year and try to um, lean on that for my mood reading more so than looking at what's available on Libby. Because um, I, I, I'm really good at just grabbing stuff off Libby instead of um, grabbing what I already have. So I think that would be fun. Um and I'd like to try to challenge myself to read another book like Empire of Pain, like find something else that's like a nonfiction that's very informative and very um, interesting. Um, yeah, I should find something like that as well. I haven't found one that's piqued my interest quite yet. Yeah, ha- I've heard really great things about like the journalist that wrote that book. And I think he has mm-hmm. another nonfiction. That's true. So not sure if Good the topic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think those are great goals and intentions for the year. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just kind of like did a brain dump one day and I was like, I actually really like these. So um, Anne of Green Gables is a classic and it made me Mm -hmm. realize that I want to read at least one classic this year. Okay, nice. Um, So that's one of my goals. And I really want to reread more books that's Um, great yeah I reread one of my favorite books of all time this past summer Normal People by Sally Rooney and it was so nourishing to my soul and I want to do more about uh, of that like I love doing that and as I said there were so many amazing books that I read in 2023 so I feel like a lot of them could be really good rereads for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's on my list. And just, I always kind of have like this standing goal always for the past two years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I like to kind of have like a little soft goal of reading a book a week. So like 52 books by the end of the year like I'd I'd be happy like this is like the way I think about it it's like when I'm 90 how cool would it be saying like I read a book a week since I was my entire life yeah like since I was like oh that's cute you know I just I think that'd be cool and there's so many books out there that I want to read that having a goal like that helps me do that you know so yeah that's fair anyways um not that it's like about the number or anything like that but for me with how much I read like 52 books isn't work for me you know it just kind of like naturally happens um and then I do (laughs) this goal still makes me cringe a little bit so I'm not sure if I'm gonna do it I love a cringy goal uh well like I mean it's not cringy it makes me cringe but okay read more nonfiction. oh it just doesn't uh. sound enjoyable to me so you mm-hmm. know what I don't know I don't know if we're gonna do that 
but we'll see. I put read more nonfic one per month question mark. And that sounds not enjoyable. So yeah, I think I set a similar goal last year and I didn't reach it, but it encouraged me to find more memoirs to read. So I just, I don't know. I can't be bothered. And then, um, (laughs) (laughs) and then here's a big one that I do like though. Don't be scared of large books because I have several chunky books on my shelf and I'm just like, Oh, it's, over 600 pages and that's scary so I'm just like gonna avoid it even though they're books that I really want to read you know so just kind of I love a chunky book I know I need (laughs) to be less like I'm I'm just like intimidated by them that's the best way to describe it yeah intimidated by the big I think that's chunkies yeah that's the blessing of the audiobook and the ebook world is that you don't have to be as intimidated because you can't see it, you know? This is um, true. But yeah, I love I love a good physical 800-page brick. I read several this year. Well, like but, The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Mm-hmm. This has been on my list for the That's past. That's been on my list for a long, long time, too. We should do it together. Yeah, let's buddy read that one. It is staring at me in the face right now on my bookshelf. it's also a historical fiction right which I love me too and I didn't read enough of it last year me neither so yes let's do that together because I really want to but the thickness because I think it's like over like it's like almost 600 and some pages like 620 something (laughs) so like that's big for me you know yeah, it's like double what I usually read, I suppose. <laughs> so anyways, but yes, let's buddy read that. I'd love that. Okay. okay. Anything awesome. else? What else? Anything? Or did um, we kind of cover it all? I think we've covered it all. I just love reading and I'm looking forward to another year of good books. I know. I text my mom this morning and I'm just like, cause she was just wondering what I was doing. And I'm like, I'm just reading my book. And I just feel like I'm in such like a good, like reading groove, right? Like every book I'm picking up, I'm like, this is my next favorite book. You know, like I, <laughs> I just love the books that I'm into right now. Um, So that makes me happy. Like something feels really good about being in a good book groove, you know? Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. So thanks for hanging out with me and recording this. Anytime. (laughs) I hope everyone (laughs) enjoyed and has some book recs that they walk away with. (laughs) 